Hello, and welcome to episode 233 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. As you can probably imagine, I spend a lot of time learning and listening to podcasts, and I wanted to share a new show that you might want to check out. Udemy Business has launched a new podcast called Leading Up. They know leaders face challenges every single day, from evolving workplace culture to closing the skills gap, and let's not forget about the global recession we're on the brink of. On Leading Up, you'll hear fresh perspectives and it's from business and leadership experts. Every episode is short, about 20 minutes, and shares inspiration, advice, and research to help you work, lead, and live differently. The host, Alan Todd, has seen firsthand how these challenges can drive creativity and exciting business outcomes and an inventive spirit. You can listen to Leading Up on your favorite podcast player and subscribe so you never miss a learning opportunity. Today's guest is Andrea Libros. Andrea is a coach, speaker, podcast host, and soon-to-be published author who is known for helping bold, ambitious women make clear, confident decisions so they get exactly what they want every time and not just another thing on their to-do list. Over the last few decades, Andrea has started three successful businesses and ultimately become a certified business and life coach. Andrea and I talk about how to leave the stress of home at home. There is often talk about how not to bring the stress of work into your home life, but let's be real. Sometimes the main source of stress isn't work, but what's going on in our personal lives. We get into strategies for helping yourself and your team better manage through stressful times and show up as your best selves. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Andrea. I'm super excited to talk to you because you pitched an idea that I hadn't even thought about, which I don't know what that says about me that I've never really thought about the, the stress that we all experience at work, but I'm excited to dive into this topic around stress management and how do we keep some healthy boundaries between work and life. So thanks for joining me today. I am happy to be here. So why don't you frame for, why don't you do the framing here of what we're going to talk about since okay. it was your your idea? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So when I'm working with my clients, I'm a business and life coach. And I always say business and life are all tied up into one. So it's really hard to separate it. And this topic totally lends itself to that kind of discussion. When I'm working with my clients, Although most of them are coming to me because they want to be better in their businesses, better managers at work, for example, what always happens is that life or home things infiltrate into that conversation. And when we really get down to it, a lot of the stresses we are experiencing at home or in our personal lives are impacting our work and they're impacting the way in which we show up. So one of my great questions is how do you want to show up today? And I think we sometimes think about this like how do I want to show up for my kids? How do I want to show up for my spouse? But how do I want to show up for my team? And there's so many different ways we can think about this, but I'll give you kind of a, an example that happened just yesterday talking to one of my clients She owns an interior design and staging business. She's got about four team members. She's looking to hire three more. And she said to me, well, I just went through a series of interviews. And one of the women who I really liked, and I I love to extend an offer, 
she just said to me, I seem so exhausted and overworked. I don't know if she said overworked, but exhausted and overworked. And my client said, I wonder, am I really coming off that way? I said, well, you must, something must be happening. And she's like, well, my kids have been up. They've all had the flu. My husband's away. And I said to her, I said, you are showing up like your energy. So if you are feeling low energy, then you are showing up low energy, even though that low energy has nothing to do with work or business. And you actually are very excited to be doing these interviews and bringing on people. Notice how that home, you're bringing home to work. And a lot of times we talk about bringing work home, but I always say, what are you bringing from home into your business or work? And that really is kind of like sometimes like an aha moment. It it totally is. And that's why I was so excited. I was like, oh, I've never really thought about this. But I also had a conversation today with some of my team members about one of our colleagues who's having a really rough time in his home life and said, hey, guys, just want to give you all a heads up. I don't know if he has spoken to you, but he's having a really hard time at home. And so if he is short with anybody in a meeting, if he is seeming distracted, like, please don't take it personally. Just know that he's like dealing with some stuff and he's doing his best. But it was like, yeah, we all have a life outside of the office that impacts how we feel, how we think, how we how much sleep we get, right? So mm-hmm. much. And we kind of forget about that. And we just assume when you're at the office and you're in a bad mood, it's probably because you're mad at me or it's because you're frustrated with that project. And we kind of forget about that there's all these other sources of stress in our lives and also sources of joy impact us. Totally. And we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes usually, right? Unless someone shares it. So he shared it with you, right? That he's having a hard time. But I like you kind of give people the benefit of the doubt. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't, you as a human can't do better in managing this stress. And we can get into how to do that. But you do, you really don't know what's going on really behind closed doors. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. And a lot of times we think, okay, the closed door where the manager is talking to the employee, what actually went on in there? But there also is your closed front door of your house or your apartment or whatever. And what's happening in there too impacts your world. So let's, uh, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. So let's start with this idea of what is it appropriate to share, right? Like if you are feeling stress at home, and you're dealing with something, whether it's like one night of bad sleep because your kid was up sick, all the way through to like you're having a serious health issue or financial strain or something that's like really big and heavy. Are there guidelines or do you have tips for how we can share that with our colleagues or share that with our manager in an appropriate way? So I think Whatever is going on, there's some facts related to what's going on. So I slept six hours versus eight hours last night. It's a fact, right? Or I don't have childcare this week. Fact. Or what I've been recently experiencing is I have aging parents and I just moved them out of their house of 50 years and (laughs) helped figure all that out all while my mom was in the hospital and rehab. So those are facts, right? We get to think about those facts however we want to think about them. We really have choices and we fluctuate 
right? We fluctuate in how we think about it. So I'm going to be honest, like there were times during that moving process, which took about two months, I was pissed. Like I was angry. I, I was a little bit resentful. I probably wasn't showing up as my best self. And there were other times when I thought, wow, isn't it great that I have the opportunity to help them make this transition? And I am happy that I can orchestrate this for them and take it, take that burden off them. So I think when we're sharing those types of things with colleagues or partners or whoever in a business or work situation, even clients, if you're if you're a small business with or entrepreneur service oriented business, when you're sharing those things, really choose how you want to frame it, right? And be honest about how it makes you feel. So with my parents move, it was hard, but I really chose to frame it like, listen, this is an opportunity that I have to really help them. It means a lot to them. At times, I really am tired and exhausted and angry. And at other times, I can see it as a pleasure and a joy. I just want you to know this is going on because I might be one way I might one day I might be kind of angry and another day I might be more humorous and sarcastic about the whole situation. So kind of taking the facts, first of all, and then parsing out how you want to think about it and maybe presenting to your colleagues two different angles of thinking about it, kind of like the positive and the negative. We don't always have to frame everything as poly positive. And then kind of going a step further and and telling them what they really want to hear is how you're feeling. So I'm feeling fortunate when I have the thought I get to help them. I am feeling angry when I have the thought this is taking two months. (laughs) So kind of going down that path with them and then let them kind of decide what version of you you're going to show up as that day. But you're kind of cluing them in to the roller coaster of emotions that are going on. I love this starting with facts because it it can feel like well what I'm hearing you say also is that you're presenting it in like a really straightforward and calm way. You're not like doing it in the height of the yes. emotion of like I'm sorry that I'm so stressed right now, right? You're just saying like, "Hey, I want to let you all know this is something going on for me. Here's the situation." Here's how it makes me feel. I anticipate if you haven't already noticed, you may see this or that. And it it like just makes it so much calmer and and yeah. and like takes out some of the the like negative energy that can come from like sharing personal stuff at work, I feel like. It it kind of removes the drama yes. of it and helps relieve a little bit of the pain. And I think a lot of times, this is something I work through with my clients, a lot of times when we create drama around a situation, the drama is created by what we're believing the person on the other side of the table is thinking. <laughs> so they're going to think I'm a mess. So I have to like apologize for this whole thing, right? Or they're going to be disappointed that I didn't stay up till midnight working on this. So I've got to come up with 20 million excuses. So we we go to a place where we try to guess of what that other person is going to think about a situation when in fact, like we don't really even know what they're going to think. I mean, you could say, hey, I'm moving my, I'm in the process of moving my parents. It's going to take about two months. And someone might say, oh, two months. I'm so happy for you. It took me six months. Someone else might say, 
two months? Why can't you do it over a weekend? Or someone might say, okay, thanks for letting me know, right? There are three different options. Like, let's not assume that they're going to, the person on the other side of the table is going to feel one way or the other. Let's just really present the facts and give them kind of our thought options so that then they can create their own thought options. Yeah, this is so great. And and as you said, like giving them some expectations for your behavior can also then help kind of preempt any potential drama that might come from, did you notice maybe it was on her phone that entire meeting? Well, if you know that I have a sick kid yeah. at home, you're going to respond differently than if I said nothing at the start of the meeting. So we can kind of further support our colleagues to support us in that way. Exactly. And I think there's a concept cognitive dissonance, which really means like a conflict between two beliefs. So in these situations, on one hand, we are saying we're believing, I'm like, of course I feel this way. Like, how could I feel any other way? And then the other hand, you're feeling like I really shouldn't be like this. I should be showing up more professional. Everybody's going to be disappointed with me. So there's the conflict on our own heads then there's the drama and thus the feeling of pain. So try to kind of separate that out and believe that that other person is going to be okay with whatever you present. And guess what? You can't change their feelings either. Like they can think whatever they want to think by you presenting facts and kind of remaining calm, cool and collected, presenting how you feel on any given day. That's that's a way better way to go about this. And also way better to not make them guess, right? Like they will ultimately be yes. so much happier that you just told them than if they were interpreting behavior without the context. Yeah, I just was coaching someone this afternoon and she's an attorney and she has a partner. There's two female partners. It's a law firm maybe of like 40 people. And she said to me, I'm having a really hard time because my partner is going through some really tough stuff at home. and our employees are kind of like, well, why does she not have to show up? We all had to show up for X, Y, and Z meeting. Where is she? And she's the leader. She's the partner. But the woman I was talking with said, I can't really reveal what's going on at home. Said, And it feels yucky. (laughs) It feels yucky. How can I frame this? And I said to her, well, you really can't, you need to get permission from that other, the, the partner going through the hard time. But just notice by not being honest or giving a clue as to what's going on, it's creating so much tension. Yes, yes, yes. So that happens, right? Yeah, right. In the absence of facts, we make up our own story and try to make sense of something. Yes. yes. And we all have kind of manuals too. I like to say we all have a manual about how things should go down. Kind of like when you buy a vacuum cleaner and it comes with the manual that we don't read unless something went wrong. You have a manual about what a manager managee relationship should look like. We have a manual about what happens when someone goes out on sick leave. And we, we we create our own manuals or our own stories. And a lot of times those manuals don't match up with another person's manual. I think I see this a lot of times at home when in relationships. You know, my version of what a holiday should look like might be totally different than my partner's version of what a holiday should look like. And our manuals are conflicting. So you got to kind of recognize that too. And if there's an opportunity to rewrite your manual or rewrite your story, that's going to put you in a better place. Go for it. Yes, yes, yes. And I I just had to throw out a plug here because I have a way early episode on the personal instruction manual 
which is creating a manual for yourself that you share with your colleagues. And you can do this as a team. And I facilitate teams to do this all the time where we actually get to say to each other, these are the things that stress me out. This is what I look like. These are my behaviors when I'm stressed. So if I haven't told you, you can pick up on some clues. This is how I want you to talk to me about my stress. Like, and, and it just, it gets you all on the same page because now you have a manual. Yeah, it's a very, very powerful tool. So something that I realized in this conversation with the attorney is they don't have core values that are not marketing core values. They don't have kind of a manual of how their office should operate. So everybody is left up to their own devices. And something I do with my clients is really is help them create business plans. And half of the business plan is about a vision and half is more about taking action or getting traction. And that vision piece, that first half, which is much more mindset-based, it really is about what do we want this workplace to look like and who do we want to be inside it? And whatever is happening at home is really impacting who you want to be in that place. Yes. All right. So now let's let's shift a little bit and talk about how do you have strategies or kind of what kind of strategies can individuals employ when they're noticing that they're not showing up the way that they want to, that they have this wonderful culture that they've been fostering or that they're part of in this organization. And now their home stress is just eating away at them and they show up and they're like, oh, I'm not being my best self right now. So, okay. So two things I want to, two kind of trails I want to go down with this. Number one, I, I, I want to share with you a little bit what, how I define stuck stress versus productive stress. And then the other trail we could go down is really talking about does your life plan align with your business? So if you think about a strainer, this is how I like to think about this. Your your life is a strainer and the strainers have little teeny holes and your work has to fit inside those holes. It has to kind of mesh with who you want to be and the life you want to create versus your business being the strainer and your life fitting in those little holes. So that's one trail, but let's start with the the stuck stress kind of trail, which I think is really actionable and something that someone could put into play immediately. Great. How's that Perfect. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So as you're stressed out, like my client was with the four little kids that have the flu and the husband away with not helping, she's in what I call stuck stress. Okay. So stuck stress Here's some characteristics so that you can identify if you're in stuck stress. Stuck stress increases in intensity, okay? There's nothing that makes it feel better. When you're in stuck stress, you your genius brain, as I like to call it, you cannot access your genius brain. It is like not available to you. So anything rational doesn't really work, <laughs> Okay. When you're in stuck stress, you're actually kind of paralyzed. You you can't take action. When you're in stuck stress, you're in a place where you kind of reached the tipping point. For I'll give you an example. So let's say this is a car example, but I think it really works. So you're stressed out about getting in an accident and and being injured. So what do you do? You put your seatbelt on, you make sure your car is serviced, you drive the speed limit, 
But if you get to the point where you're, what you say, I'm never going to drive on a road that's more than one lane because I think two or three lane roads are dangerous. You've kind of reached a point where you've gone overboard. <laughs> like that's going to impact the quality of your life. So when you're in stuck stress, it is impacting the quality of your life. And you're worrying, you're future focused, you're worrying about what might happen. Okay. So a lot of times when we've got work, I would say 99% of the time, home stress is what is you worrying about what might happen. Okay. So my parents' housing deal is going to fall through. My kid's not going to make the basketball team. My husband's going to lose his job. All of that is about what might happen. And that's you being in stuck stress. And you're kind of paralyzed. You don't make great decisions. So carrying that stuck stress to work is probably going to put you in a little bit of stuck stress at work. And, and stuck stress kind of feels unbearable. We feel a little bit of self-pity, of resentment, of confusion, of blame. We blame others a lot. If only he did this, then I would be better. So you've got to work on flipping the switch and accepting that, yes, stress is a real thing. So it's not going to go away. But how can you turn this into productive or progressive stress? Because when you're in progressive or productive stress, it really does actually help our productivity. It helps us become solution-focused versus problem-focused. Stuck stress, you're totally in problem stress. So productive stress, you're in solution focused kind of thinking. It's intense, but it's tolerable and it diminishes as we start to take action. So just sharing what's going on at home with your colleagues is going to diminish the amount of stress. We change our thoughts when we're in, we're able to change our thoughts when we're in this productive stress. It helps us access our genius brain. We get creative. We become more determined and committed and motivated. And we kind of get curious. I wonder if my son doesn't make the basketball team. Will he join the choir instead? Maybe. So it's way, way, way more useful. So I, I challenge my clients, like assess what's stressing you out at home. Could you switch the kind of stress you're in into a more productive stress? Because it's really going to help you solve some problems and show up as a different person. I love this framing of these two kinds of stress. And it's so easy now to be able to simply say, like, am I focusing on the problem or am I focusing on a potential solution? And shifting my mindset yeah. feels like something that is very manageable. So thank you for that tip. <laughs> you know, you're so, and I, I just want to hit on the fact that a lot of home stress is because, like, for example, you might be waiting for a diagnosis, right? Or you're truly not sure how something's going to turn out. Even then, you can be solution focused in I'm going to choose to check in on the results. I'm going to log into my portal and my medical provider every 24 hours. And that's what I'm going to do. So that's even like a solution focused for something that doesn't see, it seems so out of, out of grasp. Beautiful. All right. Now let's go back to this other framing that you had. Yes. So I am sure all of the managers listening either have participated in some sort of planning process, or they know they should be participating in some sort of planning process. 
right? Sometimes we don't like doing that. But and we're, we're focused more on business plans or the plan for the year or that kind of thing in a business or work setting. I want you to take that same type of thinking and apply it to home, okay? So when you apply the same type of thinking to home, this is different than making New Year's resolutions. I want you to know that. But I want you to think about if you drew a picture on the wall of what you want your personal or home life to look like in three years, what would that picture show? And the lines can be fuzzy. It can kind of be like a Renaissance picture. Doesn't have to have, it's not modern lines, straight lines with, with lots of angles. It can be kind of renaissance okay? So start there. Like, what would you like this to look like? And probably when you think about your home situation, people are going to be older or you might be living in a different place. So that's three years. Then kind of think about, all right, how can I plan my life so that that actually happens? Think about what do I want to focus on? What are my, like, I say three to seven focuses for the year, okay? So have kind of a yearly focus. In, in, in home, you could think about this in a couple of different ways. You could have a relationship type of focus goal. You could have a spiritual focus goal. You could have a financial focus goal. And I always encourage my clients to write smarter goals, which has an E and R at the end, which stands for exciting and risky. And that's a whole other scenario that I can walk you through. But you start to get kind of get a get an idea of what you want your year to look like. So now on a daily basis, you can ask yourself, is what's happening at home aligning with who I want to be this year or in three years or this month? You can, it's kind of like a system of checks and balances. If we don't have a system of checks and balances, then we tend to catastrophize things. Okay, so I got to be honest, it was sort of in the plans. Like I knew three years ago that probably at some point my parents were going to have to move. And I also kind of knew that probably I was going to have to be in charge. So when this started to occur, I just started to say, okay, this is part of the plan. I need to show up in a way that aligns with what I have been expecting or what I want to happen versus I can't believe this is happening now. Why is this interrupting the flow? This isn't a good time. I'm really busy, that kind of thing. So you you kind of create your own picture and then it serves as, as checks and balances for where you're putting your energy or your time. I say time, money, and energy are your three most valuable resources. So where are your where's your time, money, and energy going? Are they going to, to support those types of goals? This is so great. And I it's already like my brain is already spinning around like, how do I want my relationship with my, you know, on the verge of being teenage kids? And what do I want my life to look like with them as they gain more independence? And am I doing the things now that I need to be doing to have that solid foundation so that when they're off running around with their friends, they're making good choices and they call me when they need to talk or to pick them up or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, I may not be making, I may not be doing the things at home I need to do. And yet at the same time, like the relationship I have with my kids is super important, but also probably one of the biggest sources of stress in my life because dealing with kids is just really stressful. (laughs) So I love this different approach to say, like, let's just be intentional about this. Let's anticipate what could be stressful and let's plan for it. And then let's also like plan and take action towards the vision that you have for that home life. 
so that it doesn't just yeah. time doesn't just pass by and then suddenly you kind of feel like what just happened? Well, I actually so talking about kids, this is a, a hopefully a relatable good good little story to share. So my I have two kids, they're 21 and 18. They're junior and freshman in college and my daughter just left a couple months ago for her college experience and she came home for fall break and she said to me, "Mom, I can't believe the number of people that don't know how to do their laundry or pick up a prescription at the pharmacy or make a phone call. They're, they're stressed out about that. She said, I realized that you kind of pushing me to do those things is, was actually a really good idea, ah. even though at times I was mad. So I can picture in my kitchen three years ago, there being arguing about laundry. Like, can I just do it for her? I mean, come on. She's busy. Like, I'm not busy, right? And one of my goals was to make them as independent as possible, but still feel my love. So, like, there was a great example of, like, that actually, I think, is coming true. Like, I think I'm actually achieving what I wanted to achieve because she recognized that. So, it was stressful though when she's like 14 and 15 and kind of stomping around, right? You just want to throw in the towel and do it for them just because it's easier. But I kind of held my ground and I think in the end it sort of paid yeah. off. So we'll see. Yeah. And it's so much yeah. easier to hold your ground when you know what you're holding it for, right? It's not just because I right. said so, but it's actually because it's driving me towards some values or some vision that I have. So amazing. Exactly. All right. Well, we are now out of time. So <laughs> Can you tell us about an amazing manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss? Sure. I'm going to give a shout out to Tony Scopolito if he's listening. <laughs> so way back when my first job out of college, I worked in an advertising agency in Manhattan, kind of like an Ally McBeal situation. And he was my boss's boss. But what made him so amazing is he really made me feel empowered. Like I got this. I could figure this out. And there was just the way he interacted with me, the 23-year-olds at that point, or 22, I don't even know how old, it, it, it just boosted my morale versus pushed me down. So shout out to him. Oh, sounds amazing. And so important to do that, especially for our young folks. All right. And where can people learn more about you, Andrea, and keep up with your work? Yeah. So I have a podcast myself called Time to Level Up. And you can find that on all your favorite podcast players. And you can find a link to that as well as my what type of productivity archetype are you quiz at Andrea's with an S links with an S.com. So you get all the links there, but go take that quiz because I think a lot of times what is stressful is that we don't think we're getting enough done. And if you can kind of figure out how you best work what archetype you are, then you're going to be able to figure out how to, to address that head on. So that's what that quiz helps you do. And not just helps you tell you what archetype, but gives you some direction. So go check that out. And also has a link to my website where you can always connect with me and book a complimentary call. I'm always happy to talk someone through some strategy. Amazing. Thank you so much. This was really fun. I feel like I learned so much and I now have some good next steps. Great. Thanks for having me. Andrea is offering $100 off her full focus coaching and free access to the five days to clear thinking challenge. Get the guidance you need to turn your to-do list into a done list with full focus coaching. In 30 days, you'll have the tools and thinking you need to become fully focused and stop procrastinating. 
And the five days to clear thinking challenge will help you clean up your mind so you can be truly ready and able to plan and organize. These bonuses are available to patron members of the Modern Manager community and participants in the Skills Accelerator. To become a member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. And if you work for a nonprofit or government agency, you get 20% off. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Plus, you'll get the key takeaway sketch note for each episode where I capture my key takeaway so you'll have a beautiful and fun image you can easily access for future reference. So get on that newsletter at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.